Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Beautiful people, I want to thank you for joining me this morning. 
This is Nube Brown here, your host of Prison Focus Radio on KPOO San Francisco 89.5. We are still in the middle of the fall and winter uh, fun drive for KPOO. And so I would like to encourage you to be as generous as you can and make those donations. And you have a few ways to do that. Just go to kpoo.com. You can pay by credit card. You can also pay uh, via pen pal and also by check. If you are going to pay by check, then, um, and of course, all of these are tax deductible donations, you can make the checks payable to KPOO and then mail it to KPOO, P.O. Box 156650, San Francisco, California, 94115. And of course, KPOO is um, very, uh, very much appreciative of your generous donations. And of course, me too. Uh, being able to have this beautiful hour to give voice to uh, 100% prison-related issues is such a blessing. And I want to thank Kate, all of the people at KPOO for holding it down all of these years, being this beautiful, black-owned, black-run uh, radio station right here in San Francisco. So again, people, please make those donations. Uh, spread the wealth. Um, any amount, big or small, is always welcome. All right, we are just going to, this show is going to be just kind of a mix of voices. We're going to be hearing some letters, some poetry, some music, and um, no no theme, just wanting to uh, uh, just bring just some different voices um, and some letters. I'm, so you're going to hear my voice, of course, most of the time, but I'm going to be reading a variety of letters throughout this hour. And um, today is what most people call Thanksgiving, but um, I just will share with you that I don't celebrate Thanksgiving anymore, but I will be celebrating uh, the National Morning Day to honor, um, you know, just the, well, to honor the history and the perspective of indigenous peoples in this country um, and uh, wanting to act in solidarity with their experience here in this place called America with three K's Inc. Um, and how this day plays out for uh, for them. So just wanting to be mindful there for myself, but um, hope all of you are gathering in love with family and um, that you are definitely feeling something or a lot to be grateful for and thankful for. All right, here we go. All right, this first letter is from Douglas Hopper, and he's out of High Desert State Prison. And he sent a letter uh, talking about a, a media blitz that he's going to, that they were wanting to do. This is from October, so we are almost exactly a month um, uh, forward on this, but I can imagine that this would still be uh, relevant for sure. So here's the letter from him. Uh, this is regarding living conditions at High Desert State Prison, rolling lockdowns. To the editor, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Douglas Hopper, and I am an IAC, Inmate Advisory Council, executive for the inmate population here at High Desert State Prison. In case you are unaware, we are experiencing massive staff shortages here. We've been advised by the administration that if things don't change, we will more than likely be under National Guard control by the end of December. 
Part of the problem deals with the closure of the CCC, California Correctional Center, which is located down the street. CDCR plan was to transfer their staff here once the closure process began. Then the city of Susanville filed an injunction to block the closure. That litigation could roll on for quite some time. However, despite these staff shortages, the CDCR's academy isn't sending any replacement staff. According to the CDCR, there isn't any to send. Anyway, we are in the process of doing a media blitz in hopes of exposing this problem that is keeping us locked in our cells and being denied phone privileges, showers, day room activities, out-of-cell exercise, educational and vocational programs, denied access to the law library and other vital services. We need your help to expose this problem so that we can get back on track to rehabilitation. Please find the enclosed sample letter and contact information. We thank you for any assistance you can, um, you can be. Respectfully, Douglas Hopper. Douglas L. Hopper. Wow, this is amazing how just so cavalier they can just play with people's lives. All right, to all concerned... We, the friends, family, and loved ones of those confined at the HDSP, write you this urgent communique in hopes of drawing your attention to the unconstitutional living conditions that exist at the High Desert State Prison Facility B. The conditions are a direct result of the severe staff shortages and Warden Brian Kibler failed failed policies and procedures in response to this catastrophe. We have been informed that Warden Kibler's response to the staff shortages is jeopardizing institutional safety and security, which has placed staff and inmates at risk of future harm. In response to the staff shortages, Warden Kibler instituted an every other day, down day policy called rolling lockdown. In conjunction with unscheduled training days and problematic staffed redirects, has resulted in the inmate population being denied and or delayed in receiving vital services such as, but not limited to, medical and mental health services, ADA accommodations, out-of-cell exercise, law library access, showers, laundry exchanges, receiving vital cleaning supplies, access to education, phone calls, religious services, vocations, and other rehabilitation services. The failed rolling lockdown program is an attempt to dissuade from the actual problem already existing in High Desert, which is the extreme shortage of staff and the mismanaging of available staff. As a direct result, inmates are suffering endless amounts of days without the opportunity to any program outside of their cells, accompanied with a list of other issues resulting due to shortage of staff. Boy, in the real world, uh, please will just fire you. Obviously, we don't need this many guards. So instead of staffing the the, um, the the prisons with the people that they need, wow, this is this is really incredible. On the current rolling lockdown program, inmates should be afforded anywhere from 15.5 hours to 17.5 hours of day room and yard a week if there are no interruptions. However, due to their present environment, they're not even afforded the minimum 10 hours. The Eighth Amendment guarantees inmates a minimum of 10 hours of out-of-cell time a week. However, due to the horrible conditions there at High Desert and the numerous amounts of down days or an inability to run program for a range of various reasons, it has become a common practice in High Desert for the inmates to see multiple days of no program per week, dropping the hours weekly. Inmates may have time out of their cells, dropping the hours weekly, inmates 
may have time out of their cell is far below the constitutional threshold of 10 hours. The inmates of HDSP are being deprived and forced to suffer in all areas of their daily lives, and the warden's ongoing complacency is becoming disturbing and creating a hostile and volatile living environment, which has the staff and inmates' present morale at an all-time low. The COVID-19 protocol at HDSP is always fluctuating. There seems to be no set guideline and or memorandum protocol which states a procedure in any given situation. For example, there were several inmates in B3 who were reported to have contracted the COVID-19 virus, and subsequently, the medical department placed building number three on quarantine status for approximately 28 days. When protocol dictates a minimum of 14 days, the additional days almost indicate a punitive action on the behalf of medical. In addition, vaccine mandates has placed undue restrictions on the inmates and their families, especially when it comes to family and regular visits. On top of all the aforementioned, staff being mandated to take the COVID-19 vaccine will potentially have an even greater adverse effect on their program. This document is being provided to the media outlets to help the inmates of HDSP obtain some sort of exposure in the matter to get legal action placed on their behalf via an outside organization. Please help the inmates of HDSP and their families bring some light to the ongoing deplorable treatment of the inmates housed in HDSP. And then there is a list here of, of course, people to, to email and get in touch with, uh, we being one of them, but of course, Kathleen Allison, the secretary of CDCR, Brian Kibler, the warden, prison law office, Sarah Smith, the chief ombudsman of CDCR, Life Support Alliance, um, KCRA, uh, the the SF Bayview, Sacramento B, Fox 2 Bay Area, and the LA Times. Um, And we can, we'll give all of that information later. Um, But uh, yeah, this is, this, it's so obvious that they're just warehousing our people. That's really all that's happening here. All right. All right, now I'm going to read a letter from Stephen McCain. He is out of Texas. He is in a prison that is now named Wainwright Wainwright State Plantation. Um, It used to be the Eastham Plantation. And I want to read just a little bit about, he he sent over not only, you know, of course, he just kind of an introductory letter uh, before I read his, uh, his article commentary. But I want to read what he wrote about the recently renamed Eastham Plantation. He goes on, he says here, the Texas Department of Criminal Injustice recently renamed the Eastham Plantation to Wainwright, presumably in an effort to shed some of the slavery stigma. The Eastman family, the Eastham family were slave owners. It is notable that none of the exploited practices were changed along with the name. It is also notable that Wainwright for whom this, pers- this prison plantation is now named, is a living black man, a Texas judge. One must wonder how it must make a black man feel to have an operational plantation bearing his name. It seems to me that such as this would be comparable to being, comparable to being publicly slapped, that is, humiliated. All right. Uh, I like this, brother. He's kind of a new, uh, at least to me, 
But we are going to go ahead now, and I'm going to read uh, something that he sent over, uh, the Open Prison Initiative. And this is on March 10th, 2021. In the absence of public oversight, in the absence of press reporting, in the absence of advocacy support, in the absence of witnesses, prisoners don't count. A grave incident of, of abuse struck the prisoners on the Eastham Plantation, Eastham Plantation. This event was met head on by dozens of these prisoners phoning outside supporters, family mostly, to plead their help. Many of these supporters in turn called the prison warden to report the incident and some contacted the prison director. At least one prisoner wrote a letter to the director and scores of prisoners' grievances were filed. A formal complaint was raised against the perpetrator, a prison sergeant, which may yet result in criminal charges being filed. It must be noted that this was an extraordinary event. Anything less, and there are many things less, would not have elicited the unified response that this event elicited. This incident went too far. It crossed an unseen threshold that most incidents do not cross. Within 10 days, and without giving rise to nearly so extraordinary outrage, two other prisoners were beat nearly to death by overreactive prison guards, whom the prison will duly protect. How long will this continue? It will continue as long as the public is kept blind to it. The age of prison opacity must give way to the age of transparency. Open the prisons to the public. This must be the war cry on the lips of every prison reformer. No other message can be allowed to overshadow this one. Every U.S. prison, be it state, federal, or other, must be required to host one or more prisoner advocacy organizations. Why? Because every prisoner both needs and deserves a voice that is on neither the prisons nor the state's payroll. Justice alone dictates. No longer can the custodial entity be allowed to be judge, jury, prosecutor, and executioner. Following in this vein, public affairs offices must be staples in every prison, for it is through this office that the public and the press would coordinate site visits and other activities. In this landscape, will the keys to the kingdom of reform be found? Beneath the spotlights of the public and the press, prison reform will, in all likelihood, become a moot issue. Prison leadership will almost certainly move to reform their respective institutions of their own volition. No one wishes to air their dirty laundry in the presence of a curious audience, likely in ways heretofore unimagined and more quickly than might be imagined. The flesh of these institutions laid open, every examiner will have an unobstructed view of the diseases festering within, the cons within and consuming their bowels. An open prison makes available for the for the proving what is today but hearsay and conjecture, that is to say, what is alleged but remains unproven. And how many prisons, one might ask, are likely to embrace the prospect of having this hearsay and these conjectures and allegations investigated? Prisons are closed institutions for a reason. What happens in, quote, Vegas is intended to stay in Vegas. There is, in fact, a long history of the public being kept away from prisons so that corrections officials could run them as they wished. Prison authorities, it was understood, had the right to do what they wanted to those in their charge. This is from Dr. Heather Ann Thompson. What's hidden behind the walls of America's prisons? Prison Legal News, Volume 29, Number 4, April 2015, page 22. Lifting prison's iron curtain would transform the enterprise nationwide. 
Rather than face the public as their judge, incriminating evidence, indicting them, the leadership's most reasonable and probable course would be to choose reform, as it would ostensibly be the least undesirable of the options available to them. This they would do to defeat their antagonists, but in so doing, would grant them the victory they seek. To yield to any government interest secreting its operation from public scrutiny is a dangerous proposition, as it fosters not only neglectful attitudes, but also abusive, violent, and even murderous behaviors among the staff members. To illustrate, the whole nation knows about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. The public has heard nearly as much about them as coronavirus, but... How many know about Carlos Perez, who in 2014 was a prisoner in Nevada? A prison guard shot him multiple times with a shotgun, hitting him in the head, neck, and chest. His hands were cuffed behind his back. He died as a result of his injuries. The story behind this incident is nothing less than chilling. Similarly, how many know of Robert Richardson, a Montgomery County, Ohio prisoner, who was crushed to death when his jailers placed him on his stomach, cuffed his hands behind his back, and then knelt down on top of him. This story sounds hauntingly familiar to that of George Floyd, does it not? But did anyone rise up against the prison institution? Did anyone scream or chant, defund the prisons? No, why not? Because virtually no one knew about it. There is no media coverage behind the Iron Curtain. The dangers involved with a secreted organization are nowhere more important than in the prison environment where there is a disproportionate distribution of power and the temptation for those who have it to abuse it is ever-present and inseparable from the institution itself. Power is a corrupting force and one to be reckoned with. In the hands of the ill-prepared, unskilled, or immature, it is no less dangerous than a sharp knife or a loaded gun in the hands of a child. Worse, power is as addictive as it is intoxicating and mind-altering and more so than the most potent of drinks or drugs. And under its influence, many known to be good people have become inescapably entangled in a web of licentious bad behavior. Furthermore, to permit a government interest to operate in secrecy denies the public not only its right of oversight, but also its responsibility to exercise that right. Private corporations must suffer the government's oversight, but the government must be obliged to suffer the oversight of the public. In the words of James Madison, no many is allowed to be a judge in his own cause because his interest would certainly bias his judgment. The Federalist Papers, number 10. This truism can be seen played out time and time again in history, as the courts have relentlessly chipped away at the rights of prisoners and rulings that have both favored and empowered the prison institution, rulings which have steadily diminished not only the public's access to prisons and their prisoners, but also prisoners' access to the public and the press. The surrender To surrender such unrestrained operational freedom to the prison institution is to grant it carte blanche to do as it pleases in the absence of oversight. It is to grant its principals and staff not qualified but near absolute immunity from the consequences of bad behavior. It is to invite into our midst and to welcome tyranny. To suffer the prison institution to continue operating behind a veil of secrecy is to throw more than 2 million Americans in any given year into shark-infested waters and then to turn and walk away. Are you willing to do this today? The American public has been doing just this for far too long now, but the times they are a-changing. Note, Dr. Heather Ann Thompson, quoted on page one, is a professor of history and Afro-American and, and African studies at the University of Michigan and the author of Blood in the Water, 
the Attica prison uprisings of 1971 and its legacy, the 2017 Pulitzer Prize in history. And here, this same Dr. Thompson gives us our parting words. It is past time that the public has unfettered access to these public institutions. Okay, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I would like for you to uh, hear um, this beautiful brother whose name is Kafra J. Kafra J. He is um, hip hop for change. And um, I'm going to let you listen to him, but the reason I'm going in this direction is because one of the things that I think um, is incredibly important, especially when it comes to, you know, thinking about the platform of the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper, this particular program here, ha- um, you know, um, uh, newspapers like the California Prison Focus, um, uh, the Prison Focus magazine, we, t- uh, sorry, the newspaper, uh, one of the things that's really important it, um, in terms of our quest for black liberation, self-determination, is who has control over the narrative. And that's why these organizations are really important because we get to, we are uh, creating platforms to tell, be able to tell our own story and claim our own narrative. Because as capitalism does and, and the colonizers do, they want to control how we are seen and then control our movements, uh, control who we are, and of course try to make us compliant. And it's incredibly important that our arts and culture are um, are not co-opted and, uh, and and a narrative claimed and and commodified to the degree that they are. And so, when it comes to hip hop, um, we know what's in the mainstream and 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 how this aspect of our culture, when it is assaulted, commodified, um, co-opted. That div, uh, diminishes the people and exploits the people who are actually of the culture, and I believe that that is um, it, it. It leads to a form of uh, genocide and a, and a pipeline to prison, uh, because we know how important it is to be able to express ourselves through our arts and our culture. So um, I would like for us to. Um, so I'm going to uh, put forth this TED talk. Uh, by uh, uh, Hip Hop for Change's Kafre J. Here we go. Yo, 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 yo. So, I'm walking an hour ago in Sausalito downtown, and this lady didn't see me until about five feet away from me. Uh, she looks up, and she grabbed her baby so hard, I saw a fight-or-flight response. I'm used to it, don't worry. This might hurt you guys, not me, I get it. Uh, That's because the narratives of hip-hop are so perpetuated thoroughly that people don't know us more than they know these narratives. And I want you to know, three companies own 90% of the depiction of my culture of hip-hop. And it's a culture, it's not rapping, it's breaking. Graffiti art, DJing, the way I walk, talk, paint, dress, think, act, I can't take it off. But why do we buy all this gangster rap? Oh, wait, we don't. 75% of hip-hop is bought by suburban white men between 18 and 24. 90% of hip-hop is bought by suburban white people. Uh, Black people have been trying to get out from under these narratives for so long. Uh, And I wear this on my shoulders in every social interaction I'm in. So at Hip Hop for Change, we work with the artists of our culture that are doing it right. Uh, We get them connected to our kids who are hip-hop and don't really know how to do it. We get them to kids who are not hip-hop so they can, you know, not perpetuate these stereotypes that are oppressing us. So right now, I'm going to rap some gangster rap for it. No, 
likes food justice? Who likes babies having full stomachs with organic produce in their bellies when they go to school? Let's hit this, man. Let's go. Yeah. If you guys want to know more about us, go to hiphopforchange.org and see what we're really about. Because hip hop is our creativity, right? Hip hop is how we express ourselves in the hood. We don't have anything. All right? So we got the knockout stuff and we got to rap and be good. So check it. Yeah, uh, my hand reaches out, asking for a bite to eat. You ever been feeling that pain while you're trying to sleep? The land is trying to grow, there's something wrong, and man is harvesting more. But enough is on the waste, fraud, abuse, the truth of the IMF. You get a little bit of money just to try and death. Petro, agro, capitalistic, the scene only grow if you got money to spit. It was round up ready, yeah, there ain't no seeds sowing. So years later, now we wonder where the bees going. GMO, we got a monocrop food system. I'm dying just to get some nutrition. Look, corporations aim to make us think we need a store But Mama Nature gives us all that ever want and more And a billion people tonight who should be eating more And they just trying to be the war, not the fight We gotta plant some justice, grow some seeds Digging the earth for these groceries I gotta promote the culture for those in need Now the world's got folks to feed, right? We gotta plant some justice, grow some seeds Digging the earth for these groceries I gotta promote the culture for those in need Now the world's got folks to feed, right? Walking through the hood, seeing all these vacant lots In my head, thinking we should scheme to make a plot Grow a crop for the block, we'll be full soon Now the little kid's doing good in the schoolroom A hand reaches out, asking me to show him how He can touch the earth so that we can feed the people now Take his hands out the cups, put them in the ground Steal them back from the man, get them back to the land Man, I'm fighting it just for the space, right? To plant a seed so that I can get a safe fight Food organically grown so it tastes right Now food that's going faster than a race straight The lake level's getting lower than my waist height World hunger's growing higher than the space flight And the revolution now growing in our face Might be the thing that set the place right for the light I gotta plant some justice, grow some seeds Dig in the earth for these groceries I gotta promote the culture for those in need Plant some, yo, plant some. When I say grow some, y'all say seeds. Grow some, grow some, plant some, grow some, plant some, grow some. Yo, well, somebody can say something that stupid, but all they can do is blame it on rap music. I got one more song. I wrote this one for the California Nurses Union. This is gonna be real gangster rap right here. So, bust that out, y'all. This is about the Robin Hood tax. You guys know about that? Robin Hood tax? I heard that. Let's do it. Hardcore gangster rap, y'all. Yeah. 
almost pay it for nothing. The cost is barely a fraction. The playing is just disgusting. It's nothing. We're hunting for a half a percent of the money that's being traded while we scratching for rent. We need to invest in lower income families and the safety nets. All the social services, childcare for babies. Let's take that money invested in infrastructure instead of rich derivative bubbles that's been the rupture. But doing this since 1914 is sure thing. Corporations only hating, they aching for more green. The inclusive prosperity act. In fact, the sure dream of Keith Ellis and D working the house floor scene is right there. And all we gotta do is pass it for the sake of the nation. Some debt support could be an asset. It's nothing drastic. It's just a dip in the pool to keep these kids on the streets, keep these students in school. I hope it's cool. If you are just joining us, this is Prison Focus Radio. I'm your host, Nube Brown, here at KPOO San Francisco 89.5. And we were just listening to a TED Talk by Kafre J of Hip Hop for Change. And you can find out more about him at hiphopforchange.org. Some amazing uh, statistics and uh, facts in there, especially about um, the percentage of people that are buying the music that is, um, again, Kind of exploiting and 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 oppressing us, and 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 shaping a narrative about about our people. That's very interesting. We gotta we gotta pull that back. All right, we are going to continue on. I want to thank you for being here, and I'm going to read uh, a piece of poetry, I believe, and we're going to continue on with uh, letters from our um, our community members, our loved ones, our family on the inside. All right, this piece of poetry is by Rashad L., and he is in the Jefferson City Correctional Center in Missouri. He's a prolific poet, a prolific poet, and this piece is called With These Eyes. With these eyes, man, with these eyes, I've seen skies become filled with storm clouds while the rain pours down on worn-out souls who, instead of announcing it's war now, have formed clouds, crowds for peaceful marches. Immersed in grief and darkness, just hoping their message will reach the heartless police who target and shoot rather than protect and serve. It's citizens who are stressed and nervous, but blessed with courage, even though they already expect the verdict to read not guilty. When these cops are cuffed and brought to justice, so honestly, how am I to trust this? Crooked system of ours that's ruled by henchmen who took positions of power 
Just look and listen. You'll see that we are not who they consider equals. And with these eyes, I've seen lies spread to a race of bitter people who've been faced with the deceitful tales by those who wish to keep us beneath them and away from the dirt they sweep in a heap under the rug so they tunnel in drugs that they leak in the streets and taint the music that bumps in our clubs and beats in our jeeps with lyrics that creep in our speech and sneak in our tweets so much that we probably repeat in our sleep how much we hate each other and hopefully one day we may recover. But until then, our women will continue to become babies' mothers to shady brothers that post up on blocks and stoops with cracked rocks and boots will find any reason to cock and shoot. Man, with these eyes, I've seen dimes become prostitutes, known for knocking boots and walking the night stroll or standing under light poles and tight clothes, hoping the cops don't swoop down and stop them from clocking loot while they lick their lips and switch their hips as potential tricks ride by in drops and couples, all because they're in hot pursuit of their next fix. This is real life, not Netflix. The struggle is harder for these mothers and daughters who accept this danger of having sex with strangers because without dope, they get sick, anger suppressed in hearts that are etched with scars from repeatedly getting undressed in cars and alleys, no calls from family to see if they're okay, if they made it home safe, or even to offer a warm plate. And they say, black don't crack and won't break. But I beg to differ, because with these eyes, I've seen guys get to the ledge and flip off the edge of the cliff of insanity when time was given for crimes committed, when they were out there trying to get it because they were tired of living in poverty and gave up on hitting the lottery so they considered a robbery to be the next best route, at least until it went south. Now they're stretched out in a place where they seal areas with steel barriers. And the first time your cell door closes, it feels scarier than being buried alive but they still wear the facade of thugs and pray to the gods of drugs and sex, succumbing to the lust for flesh, not realizing it's just a test of willpower that reveals our ability to rise above. And with these eyes, I've seen flies and bugs on dried up blood covering those who have died from slugs fired because friends became enemies and they didn't realize there was envy disguised as love until it was too late. With these eyes... I've seen things in their true state. What about you? All right. This is a letter from Reginald Samuels out of Soledad. This was given to us um, in October. That's a bummer of a letter. Um, But it's important to know what's going on behind the walls, which is why we need to open them up, as our other brother said. To Bayview newspaper, I hope and pray all is well. My name is Reginald H. Samuels. I'm 63 years old. I'm a nonviolent three-striker for residential burglary with zero violences in my past. I had a subscription to your Bayview Black History newspaper for two and a half years here at Soledad State Prison. I recently had to cancel. Reason? When I'm finished reading my newspaper, I let other inmates read my paper, and I never ask for it back. Well, they did a cell search on some inmate, and one of my Bayview newspapers was in his cell. This inmate was apparently STG BGF, Black Gorilla Family member. This institution gave me a 1030, 
confidential memorandum, as you can read in this letter. On September 8th, I went to my nonviolent parole board hearing under Prop 57. This 1030 was talked about a lot by the commissioner. He was really upset that I was reading a newspaper like the Bayview. He was telling me that the Bayview talks a lot about killing police officers. He went on and on about how bad that newspaper was. Yes, I was denied parole. That 1030 was highly prejudicial against me in my hearing. He also said that if I'm denied parole, it won't be because of the paper that commissioner, it, it won't be because of the, the paper that commissioner was really upset. I should have never received a 1030 in the first place. It's a public newspaper. Anybody in the world can get a subscription. You tell me, was my constitutional rights of freedom of speech, liabilities, discrimination, private rights violated? Privacy rights violated? There are more to this, there's more to this story, too much to write. Please contact my sister, uh, Thanda King. Uh, she can tell you more about this issue and everything about me. She's also trying to get more resources for help for a possible civil lawsuit. There's also discrimination against your newspaper. There's people in here that don't want to be seen reading one. My two sisters, Rhonda King and Rosalind uh, Go may have already written to you regarding this issue. My family and I need outside help because this was just not right. Thank you for your time. Sincerely, Reginald H. Samuel. Um, and uh, his, if you want to write to him, it's Reginald H. Samuels. His number is AR-1719, P.O. Box 689, D-1719. 12E, Soledad, California, 93960. He says, P.S. I really liked reading your newspaper. I'm sorry I had to cancel it. You can understand why. Yeah, simply just not right. This man is 63 years old. He's in for uh, three strikes, and they denied him because of the newspaper. Confidential information, gang validation. Uh, these are all um, human and civil rights violations, constitutional rights uh, violations. And in my view, keeping someone in for those reasons and in prison is genocidal. All right, we are going to take another musical break with KRS-One, Black, Black, Black. Justice, how did you react? 
decent houses. So we can have decent roads. So we can have decent schools. So we can have decent justice. Now we're going to hear from our beautiful and wise, beloved Bariti, who is one of the elders, one of the hunger strikers, um, and he is still in Salinas Valley State Prison. We want him to be free, but nonetheless, he's just a beautiful, deep-hearted, spiritual person, and we're going to hear from him now. Yeah, so how's, how's, the, how's the sister's balance doing? Did they? <laughs> yeah, well, well, still working on that one, Brady. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a journey, and at the same time, with all the challenges, the obstacles, and, and uh, 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 other roadblocks that pop up in our way, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, how we, it's how we find the determination, the willpower to, to, to push through it, right? Absolutely. And I always, I always have to get, have to give a salute out to, to the systems because uh, the struggle takes on a, another dynamic with y'all. We're in a struggle together, but it brings up another dynamic, and and you can you can see that how how how, how the sisters had to had uh, help make sure we make it through slavery, right? So one of one of the biggest things is is why some of us men and I put myself in that in, in, in that group uh, fall fall supported into patriarchal and this and this conditioning mindset. And Randall Robinson talks about this in his book called The Depth, right? He called it the conditioning of, of, of conditioned expectations. In other words, what is it expected of us to be in this, this certain type of enslaved, uh, subjugated state? While we fall to that, that, that and in the colonized mindset that, that calls us to take on the ways of our oppression, we tend to begin, begin to oppress the women, right? Mm-hmm. So, so. First, to counter that and to be able to resolve that contradiction, we have to, and I'm talking about the men folks, we have to recognize what has been implanted uh, into our mindset. Some of it come up through, through uh, this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. We have to recognize what we have took on coming up in the conditioning of society that is artificial. It's not, it's, it's not natural for us to be a thing like this. Is because we, 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 we're so far away from duality and respecting the duality uh, uh, that, that uh, and, and some of us don't even have uh, mothers and grandmothers to teach us that. So, so, uh, but to take on that way, we have to down, reverse that process. And that's where consciousness come in and being aware uh, that we have, we, we have this, this, this uh, uh, mindset that it took over. And then they break, break those chains. Those are psychological chains of slavery, too, right? They, they just got a, 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 a new colonized conditioning to them. So that, that's one of the, the uh, things that I had put myself through in my transformation uh, with the sisters of others, uh, uh, studying bell hooks uh, uh, and, and uh, different uh, uh, teachers, Angela D. Angela D and... Uh, uh, Understanding that we in this struggle together, collectively, uh, 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 both uh, brothers and sisters, and that uh, a lot of times we want to make sure we have a self-check when we begin to take on the ways of the same oppression that has oppressed our people historically. So I share that with you because that can throw off your balance. 
I mean, we know that our our experience here in this country with uh, you know slavery and genocide um, has definitely kind of mutated our our like you said our natural ways of really relating to one another and that and um, and how we've had to survive this generational trauma of having to survive being constantly separated. Uh, pitted against one another, um, mm-hmm. not being able to feel like we, you know, never feeling like we had agency or control over even our own lives or any sense of uh, how to protect uh, the people around us. I mean, that, yeah, that'll definitely keep you off balance. But at the same time, there is a patriarch, you know, there's a problem globally, especially in the, you know, in the industrialized uh, countries, right, and how it plays out in the relationships between, how it plays out between not not only now, just, you know, men and women, but trans, um, you know, LGBTQ plus. You know, patriarchy is, is another kind of one of it's one of our elephants in the room that we we want to forget, like we forget about imperialism too. You know, which is I think yeah. the manifestation of patriarchy. Yeah, so that's good that, that you said that speaking truth to power. So, uh, ancient teachers I, I study, and me and Sharon talks about this. It's called MAT. M A A T. Oh yes. So you know, it's got those seven principles. And uh, inside those seven principles, the first one is truth, right? We speak mm-hmm. truth to powers. We speak about this, but right? we speak truth, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got justice. And then you got then you got uh, righteousness. Uh, then you got reciprocity, and that's a very important in context of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Then you got fortitude. That's that inner strength. That's another level of strength. That's that's a strength that you a lot of times don't know you have until you challenge to dig deep down and find a work with all to push through some of the hardest challenges. And that's what we're gonna do for a lot of torture, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. And I'll come back to forty two in a second and then then uh after forty two you got balance, which is what started our conversation. Mm-hmm. And got order. Those are the seven principles of Ma. Mm-hmm. Ma is, is an ancient goddess, mm-hmm. and that's the one you see in the, in the hieroglyphics with, with, the, with, her, with her arms out, and, and, and they like they got wings on them. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that's Ma. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, that's Ma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Ma. That's Ma. So, but remember, these are really universal. Yeah. So whether, whether we had the word, whether even if we had the word mod or any other word to put on it, it exists in and of itself. But we're talking about energy configurations that that, that manifest themselves uh, in a in a larger universal, right? So 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 in the duality that makes up our beings, right? Uh, the harmony, which is the balance, the harmony that that that, that is needs to come into play of uh, first have to reconcile some differences uh, between the, the opposing uh, forces, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I like to study the war, war of the souls, right? The, the war of the soul, right? Mm-hmm. 
and you have this conflict, you know, that pulls you between two opposites, you know? And uh, in order to, to, to get, you have to reconcile that in order to be able to get and reconcile and harmonize that in order to be able to get the balance, right? So truth comes in. And truth has no uh, uh, limitations as for the, uh, you, have to, you have to limit it. Truth is truth. It is what it is, right? So it comes in and truth sets you up for the rest of the principles. And at the end, to know that you you, you, you got everything going in, the, in, in harmony in the right direction, you should have order. Order, order in your mind, order in your heart, order in your life, order in, in, in your surroundings. You should have some order, order, right? So these are guiding principles we're talking about. So sometimes sitting in that little box that they call the shoe, uh, in some of the darkest moments uh, of struggle, this is what, as I journey within myself, the universe within, which is connected to the law of the universe, this is what... I was seeing playing out, and I was just sharing that with you. Well, we need to have those 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 principles available to us. I mean, at, at any given time, because, like you said, I mean, you know, when you talk about being challenged, those like when you talked about fortitude, you don't really know about these unless they're challenged, right? Like, um, you know, what level of fortitude do you actually have? Like you said, it's something that you have to, to it usually has to be challenged when you have to, to you know, dig deep to find it, like you said, to to survive. But not just survive, like physically survive, obviously, because maintaining your humanity is not a physical, it's not a physical thing. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's... That's the fortitude of the spirit, you know. That's yeah. the, that's the fortitude of the higher believing in a in a higher self being um, something greater than ourselves. So the, the whole mind, the whole mind concept, and everything centers around your spiritual journey. So you on point. And, and the reason why we have a discussion as we usually do with them, there's a mind spirit connection involved. Right. And so 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 so. In that situation, like I said, I was watching guys, uh, they hold, not only was they lose their mind, lose their sanity, but, but, but they were spiritual, they void, and they, they was really, really just gave up on life, and it, it, it just was looking sad in their, in, in, in their situation. But do you know how I was able to connect with humanity and my fortitude? You know how I found that? With the hummingbird. So hold on, because that, that's in there, but it's, it's not at this point. At this point, uh, uh, I was studying ancient warriors. Oh. I give, so let me give you an example of two. One was called, called Queen Kentake. Queen Kentake. They call it Candace, uh, as far as uh, 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 the European word, uh, Candace. So, so she's known because when Alexander uh, 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 went into Africa with you know with the Romans, you know Alexander is raided, right? Mm-hmm. Right. She was the one that ran him back out of there. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. Yeah, so that, 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 I'm telling you, so, so they got these borders that they call cataract. That's the name they use. You have 60 seconds remaining. Right. And this another conversation has to be continued. But so he got down to that, that border, she was on African warrior elephants. And she ran, and, and they, they ran it back up out of there. And, and the strength of her and another queen, I'll tell you about next time we get a chance to talk about, was the beginning of me just tapping into another part of my inner strength that I didn't know I have, drawing upon their strength. Wow. That's beautiful. That is so you, Baridi, of course. That's just gorgeous. <laughs> I love I just love that. And now you're sharing it with me, and I can get to check this out. I can't wait. I can't wait till we talk again. Me too. You have a positive best night. Be strong. And as always, keep you in my positive thoughts, huh? All right, beautiful brother. I so appreciate you. Peace. I appreciate the time and do after spirit, huh? Yes, yes, and Ubuntu. Ubuntu, as always. All right, beautiful people, that is our show. I hope you have a day filled with gratitude and deep love. Um, continue to make those donations to kpoo.com and please visit prisons.org. Get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer and all power to the people.